Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy Waiver Wire Wishlist Podcast. I say welcome back, but this is a new season. Uh, the first time you're hearing me on this uh, this podcast, I've been doing the uh, Wednesday night show with the fro as normal for a few weeks now. But again, Monday night Waiver Wire Wishlist Podcasts are back. Hit your uh, They'll be hitting your Spotify, your uh, Apple podcast, all of those good things every Monday night for the foreseeable future. As long as you know COVID nineteen allows us to have a football season, fingers crossed there. But as always, my name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. It can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. And this year, uh, unlike last year, where I didn't have a cons- consistent co-host, I have a new co-host this year, uh, Zach. Um, how about you introduce yourself a little bit here to the to the listeners? How'd it do, baby? Sorry, I had to do my Kawhi intro there. What's up, everyone? I am Zach Van Meter. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at TecmoZach, like the video game on the NES. And um, I'm pumped to help every person who tunes in to win their league. Um, you do a good draft. That's that's the first step. But listening to what we have to say is what's going to give you the edge over everybody else so that you can win week to week. Uh, we're going to do this every Monday night. So you have all Tuesday to lock it in and get it down. I've been playing fantasy football for about a decade, got some uh, championships under my belt, and the one thing I know that's consistent is it's one on the waivers, man. It's it's uh, You have the three stages of bench, as I like to call, right? You've got your backup, you know, your, your guy that's got to be for your, your bye weeks. You've got your lottery tickets, and then you've got your guy I hope does really well so I can sell and get better assets for, right? So we're going to help you find these peeps, and I'm excited to do so. Yeah, like uh, Zach alluded to there, I always say that leagues are one in the waiver wire uh, because so much can change. Remember, what was it, three years ago, you found an Alvin Kamara on the waiver wire, and next thing you know, he's a top five running back for the season. That happens every season. There's someone that blows up, and you have to pay attention, and this is where you start every Monday night. Uh, check your check whatever you know format you use to listen to your podcast because we will be there uh, to give you our advice. Um one more thing before I hop into the show, be sure to visit our website, weknowfantasy.com. On there is a ton of fantasy football and fantasy sports information. We have a great group of contributors. We're pumping out daily content on there. Uh, make sure you check out there because there's another way to get an edge in your leagues as well. But uh, no further ado, let's hop into things. It feels so good to be back here. Football is four, what? No, actually three days away, Thursday night. Yeah. Back on the Waiver Wire Wishlist podcast. Can't wait. So here we go. Kick us off with our quarterback. Um, basically, the format we'll use here is we'll each have a quarterback. We'll each have two running backs, wide receivers, and one tight end uh, every week for you. So there's a lot to choose from. Uh, this first week is a little you know, challenging because drafts are still going on and whatnot. But here are some great guys to pay attention to. So, Zach, kick us off with your quarterback that people must target. Rock and roll. Uh crazy when I was looking at this data, by the way, at how many of these guys that we're going to cover on, on both of our sides are like under 25% owned. I couldn't believe it. Um, these are guys that I feel I try to fill up every draft last couple of picks, but neither here nor there. Uh, the first quarterback that, that I like, you know, I, I, there's so many for that backup quarterback spot you have right now. Maybe you have a Garner Minshew. Maybe you have a, an ABC, right? Someone's going to explode week one. And one guy that I've literally locked in, no pun intended, is Drew Locke on the Denver Broncos. Not only did home dudes start to win and do very, very well at the end of last year when he finally got an opportunity to play, uh, John Elway might have actually found his dude. 
what I've noticed about John Elway the last since Peyton Manning, really, uh, since he got Peyton Manning to sign there, is he's not really surrounded his guys with a lot of wide receiver, running back talent. It's kind of been, they've been okay. They've been carried by their defense mainly, but they changed that on the draft this year, drafting Jerry Judy. Obviously, no offense in year two and expected to be uh, really surge. They spent money on Melvin Gordon as well. So I'm in the belief system to where this is like the Jared Goff argument. A lot of drafters this year are down on Jared Goff. Well, if you love his weapons and all of his receivers are going in the top five rounds, how can he be the number 20 quarterback? Well, I think, <laughs> the, same, I think the same thing applies for Locke. He's 19.3% owned at ESPN, 22% owned in Yahoo. Oh, and he runs a little bit too, by the way, boys. So that means that you'll get a couple extra points with his legs. Uh, can it be great? Absolutely. Can it be a bust? Maybe, but it's, you're doing him as your backup. Wait and see. Pick him up tomorrow. Pick him up today, and let's watch and see what happens on Monday Night Football. That's my QB. Yeah, there is no debate there that you know he has all the weapons in the world. Uh, you didn't even mention Cortland Sutton. No, you know Philip Lindsay's still there. A lot of weapons. Uh, again, their offensive line is not where you'd want it to be, so that could be some issues here. But with all those weapons, you have to believe that Drew Locke is going to put up some kind of numbers. Like you said, I love that uh, that Jared Goff uh, comparison because people like to, like you said, go down on him. But he, they, they'll draft a Robert Woods without thinking. They'll draft a Cooper Cup without thinking. Uh, someone has to get the ball, and that'd be Jared Goff. But in this instance, it's Drew Locke, who is one of the hottest, you know, talked about names in the offseason. But then it comes down, like you said, to draft day, and he's owned in less than a quarter of all leagues. Doesn't make sense to me with as much hype as you got in this offseason. I agree. So let's move on to my quarterback here. And you actually mentioned him. This is Gardner Minshew. He's only 27% of Yahoo and 15.3% of ESPN leagues. Uh, you know, like the Drew Locke situation, he can run. Gardner Minshew is very underrated in, as a runner, a scrambler, does very well that way. Doesn't have the weapons that Drew Locke has. You know, you have DJ Shark. Besides that, not much happening there. You know, they let go of Leonard Fournette, and now they have – they just named James Robinson a, uh, you know, undrafted, uh, undrafted free agent as their starting running back. Offensive line still questionable, and this is, you know, set to be one of the worst teams in the league. But last year, Gardner Minshew came in, gave you that spark, was fantastic. And this uh, – if you're, if you're a guy, if you're a player who streams quarterbacks, week one he has the Indianapolis Colts who allowed 248.88 passing yards per game last season. That was 10th most in the league. Now the Colts did do themselves some shopping this offseason, went out and got Xavier Rhodes, a DeForest Buckner. Those are two huge additions there to sh uh, sh sure up that defense. But Vegas has this game projected at 45 points scored for the entire game. That's a decent amount. So, you know, we can expect the Jaguars to be on offense pretty regularly. Putting up some points, you know, this is where Gardner Minshew will shine. Garbage time, baby. That Love will, it. That will be a thing. And uh, just like Blake Bortles used to be a fantasy darling like four or five years ago because of garbage time, uh, Minshew is definitely better than that guy. And uh, I think that uh, you hit the nail on the head right there. Did you know that he had more runs than Josh Allen in his starts? Like he would run more than him, which is just absolutely phenomenal. So, I am all about him as well. I actually have him as my backup quarterback in one league and loving every second of it. Um, you hit the nail on the head there, man. Plus, his weapons aren't, you know, we, we talk about his weapons. Underrated, underrated, I'd say. Chenault, Chenault might actually be a baller, man, right? The the guy they drafted this year. Yeah, and, he's built like he 
it, like he is to be an NFL wide receiver. So we'll see. And then D.D. Westbrook's their wide receiver four now. It might be. It might be. Uh, it might be okay over there, man. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, for sure. So there's our quarterbacks. Let's move on down to the running backs. We have some great running backs here that you guys need to pay attention to because some of these numbers I'm about to tell you are mind-blowing in percentage owned. So I'll kick it off here with my first running back. That's Bryce Love. Listen to this. 11% owning Yahoo at 8.1% of ESPN League. That's where, where is everyone? I don't understand. You go on Twitter. It's Bryce Love here. Bryce Love there. Adrian Peterson cut. It's Bryce Love time. Then you hop on your, your on your app, and he's available in you know almost every league. This is mind blowing. Can we play in those leagues, please? Where yeah, because he's not available in my leagues. I can tell no, you that. Mine either. And you know what? Where people are afraid of Peyton Barber. I mean, come on. That that's what I'm seeing. They're like, you expect Peyton Barber? Come on, man. The dude averaged like 2.7 yards per carry for three years in Tampa Bay. It wasn't that bad, but it was pretty bad. Whatever number he put up, I think it was like 3.3 or something. And if you but, have He's like your fourth or fifth running back. The injuries are a real thing, obviously, in the injury history, and we haven't seen him, so I get it. But, I mean, and I think Gibson's a fine player, too. I think it's going to be a hell of a one-two punch. But I'm with you, man. Yeah, he definitely needs to be rostered. Absolutely. He could be a league winner right now. Right now. Oh, for sure. This is the type of move we're talking about. you got to grab yourself a Bryce Love. He's available. You know, actually, you can pause this podcast right now and go pick up Bryce Love on the app and join us uh, later. Uh Please do that. But anyhow, like we said, Adrian Peterson's out of town. Darius Geis was cut early in the season for uh, domestic violence charges. There is nothing left on this roster pretty much besides a Bryce Love. And like you said, a Peyton Barber. But you can exclude that guy because there's he has no right being uh, you know in a, in a prominent role of a running back in the NFL. Gibson's there. You know, he's you know, the hot guy to talk about. It's Gibson this, Gibson that. He's going to blow up, and believe me, I'm a big Antonio Gibson fan. I yeah. think he's going to be a great player, a great pass-catching back. But Bryce Love is also special. Prior to his 2019 season where he left with that knee injury uh, in college at Stanford, he was a Heisman frontrunner, 2,100 yards, 19 touchdowns. And he, listen to this, averaged eight yards per carry. I know this is Pac-12 defenses, a little bit different than the NFL, but eight yards per carry is absolutely insane. This dude is a baller. If he can stay healthy, right here, league winner Bryce Love. I love it, man. Heck yes. I'll go with mine now. Uh, my running back is Joshua Kelly on the Chargers. Uh, very much like Bryce Love. He is so low-owned. It's a 10.2 on ESPN and just 10% on Yahoo. Justin Jackson um, is the running back kind of standing in his way. We all know Eckler is Eckler. But also, Eckler is not a bell cow. Right. There's nope. some that he's been in that situation, but they showed right away when Gordon came back that they prefer to use Eckler in that 55, 60 percent split scenario. So I'm a big believer that cream will rise. And with with COVID and rookies and everything else, this is where we're in uncharted territory these days. So people are adjusting or drafting, excuse me, uh, Justin Jackson right now. And they're just leaving Joshua Kelly there. Well, you don't want to have to bid your fab on Joshua Kelly. You don't want to have you win week one, but your running back gets injured and he's available. He's one of the top three picks. You can't get him. Get him today. Austin Eckler just talked him up big time yesterday. Uh, said that he's talented every day. He just improves. And, and the kid has juice. I really like him. If he was on another team, he might even be the starter right now. So uh, I go, go get you some Josh Kelly. 
Yeah, Josh Kelly also is not that bad of a pass catching back as well. We know Austin Eckler excels in that position, and you know you're not taking touches away from Austin or from Austin Eckler there. But Kelly, you know his uh, his uh, 2018 season at, at UCLA, another Pac-12 guy here. He had 29, 27 receptions, 193 yards at 7.1 yards uh, per reception. That's pretty decent. So he's yeah. going to evolve here. You know, you have a Tyrod Taylor throw the ball. He's going to want to check down to his guys. Um, still. Very poor offensive line there. Argue one of the worst in the league. Um, Going to have to check down to these guys, run the ball. And like you said, Austin Eckler is, is in no way, shape, or form, you know, your bell cow back. He's going to put up big numbers because that's what he does with the passing game and, you know, the draws and, you know, that type of stuff. Uh, plays drawn up for him, but he's not in the, in, the, in the role to get 20, 25 touches per game. So someone has to get in there. Like you said, Justin Jackson is kind of the name to talk about. But Joshua Kelly is a baller. Uh, I was a big fan of UCLA. I actually am in fantasy, uh, fantasy college football the last two seasons. Love him uh, there. So hopefully his game transfers over here to the, uh, the to the Chargers. Also, one more thing about him as well is what impress what impresses me the most is that not only does he have juice, but let I view their backfield like when when it settles. I think Eckler is so good if they use him kind of think about 4 years ago when it was the Tevin Coleman Devontae Freeman show with Atlanta. Yep. That that it would be the perfect way to utilize Eckler in a situation where he's the Devontae Freeman and they have a running back getting that 40%. It seems to be what works and I think Kelly will rise and that's going to be the guy and that's a situation where both guys are fantasy startable. So that's something you want absolutely. And that's where the league is going to, you know, a lot of uh, one, two punches, different type of running backs, and very well. Also, Eckler and Joshua Kelly are pretty different running backs. So, like sure. you said, that could be uh, something to talk about in the future. Moving on, though, my next running back is someone we already alluded to, James Robinson, the newly appointed starter of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's owning 6% of Yahoo and 1.2% of ESPN leagues. Now, this was a – I did this research earlier this morning. And, that, uh, and since the news came out that he was named the starter, so I can't guarantee you those numbers are accurate anymore. Uh, actually, I, I probably can guarantee those numbers are not accurate anymore. He's definitely owned in more leagues. Um, as my computer here loads so I can check out where he's at. This guy, you know, undrafted free agent, and, you know, this team has already moved on from Leonard Fournette and gave him the reins with the likes of, uh, you know, some veteran backs on that team. So uh, he went to Illinois State, I believe. He has the second most rushing yards in school history. He had a crazy 2019 campaign where he had uh, 1,900 yards and 18 touchdowns. And, uh, you know, prior to he being named a starter, which we know now, uh, a week ago or so, Doug Marone came out and said that Robinson will have a role in this offense as early as week one. We know Raquel uh, Armstead is out with COVID for the second time. That's not a good look. He's going to miss considerable time. Uh, this is just uh, another situation like a Bryce Love where I don't know what you're waiting for. You need to go out and get this guy um, because someone else is going to. Let's see. He's 14% owned, so on Yahoo at least. So in a matter of a matter of uh, maybe maybe 10 hours, he's gone yeah. up 8% of Yahoo. So uh, you're missing out if you're not grabbing him already because by tomorrow, it's going to be close to probably 30%. So make sure you're Act, acting properly and giving yourself James Robinson. Well, and another to, to piggyback what you just said as well, their GM also said having him on their roster made it an easy decision to cut Lynn Fournette. Yeah, and, and you're cutting Fournette for an undrafted free agent. Someone's going to be special here. 
Sure. And and you know what? If you pick him up and Sunday happens and they get blown out so bad, it's all Chris Thompson and the running backs are running for 40 yards each, then you move on and it's okay. But what what if what if he's awesome and runs for 100 yards and two touchdowns? We it's it's this is why you do it. This is your last bench spot. This is exactly why you pick him up 100%. That's it's a great great move. Yeah, there's no reason not to have him on your roster. All right, my running back is the other Jags running back, uh, Divine Ozigbo. Now, I like him just a tad bit more because I've actually seen a little bit more film. There's that. Uh, He has 12.3% Yahoo ownership. I'm sorry, 12% uh, 12 Yahoo, 12.3% ESPN, which is still low considering there's been rumblings about him being the guy for about, what, two and a half weeks now, I believe? Yeah, yep. Now, I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of sports breakdown, a lot of a lot of uh, film breakdown, and I try to watch highlights and lowlights as well before I suggest someone because I don't want to uh, give bad advice, right? And I was listening to an interview with Greg Cosell, and they were asking him. He just big, big guy at the NFL films industry. And they were asking about Ozigbo. He actually said that Ozigbo is the guy he wants to own in this backfield because he said his tape reminded him of Todd Gurley, which just floored me. I, I was like, what? I had to go back and watch, and sure as crap, I was like, holy crud! There is a little, there's a little of that shimmy, that that you know, that stop on a dime, almost Lev Bellish that Todd Gurley has a little bit. There's a little bit in his game. Now I don't know what that's going to mean. I don't know what his run's going to be if he's splitting, but same situation. It might be ride the hot hand. They they announce one guy as the starter. And he runs into a brick wall two or three times. They bring the other one in, and there you go. So I think both guys are quality ads. And like I said, no one is making the move. So do it right now and sleep like a baby. That is yeah. my Yeah, great advice there. Like you said, just because James Robinson was named a starter doesn't mean he'll be the starter week two or doesn't mean he'll you know lead the backfield in carries or you know snap percentage uh, following or beyond week one. Um, the Jaguars do have a pretty tough matchup there with Titans week one, so it could be a little hard. And at that point, someone may struggle. Maybe a James Robinson struggles, and he gets dropped by all these guys. Don't let that deter you because they want to get this guy involved. And uh, play your cards right because you may even get James Robinson a little bit cheaper down the road. Sure. All right. Running backs behind us. Let's move out wide to the wide receivers. And uh, I guess, Zach, this is your time to uh, take over the lead here. All right, let's go. I have the Washington football team wide receiver Sims Jr. is my guy for my wide receiver one that I think you should add. I actually own him in two of my teams. 5.9% owned in ESPN, 6% owned in Yahoo. So who is this guy, you ask? Well, just pull up his game log for me and look at the last three games from last year in a PPR. 15, 25, 18, where is it the points he scored per game? He had three touchdowns in the last four games as well when Haskins actually started to, I'm not going to say come into his own, but actually play <laughs> football that was actually watchable, if that Competent makes sense. football. Yes, yes, thank you for the, for the fill in there. So I'm about it. He's the number two. Um, he's going to get the targets. Once again, they're probably going to be a not great team, which means a lot of passing. I'm all about it, and he's not being drafted. So you, this guy, 100% is there too. Pick him up. And let's see what he does, man. Can this be scary, Terry? 2.0. It might be. 
And that would be awesome because Scary Terry, with the exception of what, three weeks last season, was a stud wide receiver. My goodness, yeah. Yeah, there, uh, you know, Terry was another guy last season who you pick up the waiver wire and had a fantastic season. And, you know, teams now have a season worth of tape on Scary Terry. They have more tape on Dwayne Haskins. You know, Scary Terry's going to see the top cornerback. And sometimes that pay, plays in favor for the, the the second fiddle guy there. And that's Steven Sims. And like you said, he's coming into things, you know, finally getting rolling there. He was a rookie last year along with right. Scary Terry. He's so. Small. That's the knock on him. He's like five ten, and he's a he's a small five ten. But I like I said, he got yeah, it. Five ten in shoes. Yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's worth noticing how well he did that that last three games. For that, that's worth a roster spot for me, so I can watch it for a week or two and see what's going down there for sure. Yeah, especially in these leagues now, your your league probably expanded the bench because of the COVID situation. So you may have six, seven, you know, bench spots now. So why not invest one here in Steven Sims? Steven Sims Jr., I apologize. So my first wide receiver here, you can call me Homer a little bit here, but it's Kendrick Bourne of my San Francisco 49ers. And rightfully so, 5% owning Yahoo and 1.1% of ESPN. So we all know Debo Samuel broken foot, but it looks like he's going to be back for week one. You know, 49ers first round pick, Brandon Ayuk, you know, has a hamstring injury. He may not be ready for this season. Who's going to catch the ball? And Kendrick Bourne is quietly one of Jimmy G's favorite targets. So we all know George Kittle, absolute monster, baller. But he was tied with Kendrick Bourne for most touchdown passes caught last season on the 49ers team with Kendrick Bourne. That's five total. So we know Jimmy G's going to look for this guy in the end zone. And I believe the 49ers will be forced to throw the ball some more this season. I think teams are going to narrow down on their running game. Their running game probably won't be as efficient, um, but they have these guys like a Kendrick Bourne who, you know, he may be touchdown dependent some weeks, but he is someone that uh, Jimmy G looks for, you know, um, prior to last season, 2018, he caught four touchdowns for, uh, you know, a guy who isn't your premier wide receiver. So he gets a lot of touchdowns, going to be uh, sought after in the end zone, red zone, Look for uh, Kendrick Bourne to have himself a decent season with the San Francisco 49ers. See, he was on my list originally, and then I pivoted to Sims. And uh, yeah, I'm happy you did that so I can talk about my guy here. Yes, sir. And the only, piv- the only reason I did pivot, and this is because I, I do like him a lot. If I could do three wide receivers, pretty sure he would be locked in as my three. And it does look like Debo is probably going to play, and maybe Ayuk, but still, are their snaps going to be where they are? I love him as a week one play. 100%. You know, fantasy football is a week one, week one thing. And he's one of the guys I'd actually feel comfortable in a flex spot, especially if one of those two's not playing. And with a foot injury like Debo has, is it going to, is he going to re-injure himself week four? Bourne is definitely a guy to lock in and get on your rosters. Absolutely. And let's look at the 49ers uh, start to the season. They have the Cardinals again, a weak defense, but they seem to struggle to score touchdowns against them for some reason last season they did but Kendrick Bourne is a guy who you know out of nowhere gets touchdowns in these type of games so there's Cardinals they go to the Jets you know poor team Giants Eagles Dolphins a lot of poor defenses this team will be facing in the first five or six weeks so Kendrick Bourne could have himself a nice start to the season especially if you have a limited snap count on Ayuk or a Debo Samuel I've had the same injury as Debo has it's not easy to recoup from 
I'm also not a professional athlete. I'm just a D3 athlete. So a little bit different there, a little tra- different training staffs. But again, it's a difficult uh, injury to, to come back from. And there is that risk of re-injury. And how, I mean, seriously, you've had no offseason whatsoever. Yeah, how no, nothing. Are you able to do all the snaps, honestly? No way. No way. Probably half the snaps, I would say. Yeah, he'll, I, I, I can almost guarantee that he'll be on a snap count at least week one, probably week two. Sure. Yeah, he's not. He was not a guy I would feel comfortable starting at all if Adam on his roster. If he's announced as playing, uh, that that is uh, Debo. I would not absolutely not put him in. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Next wide receiver for me. Uh, staying in the NFC East. Uh, this is one I'm really surprised at how low he's owned because there was a lot of hype around this guy last year. And it is. Let me make sure I pronounce this right. JJ Arthega. It's like a Sega, but not Arthega Whiteside. He is 0. 0.8, 0.8% owned, one percent. My goodness! Last um, year he was like a he was like one of uh, he was a first round dynasty pick yes. everywhere, and then he's a two percent ownage in Yahoo. So with with Jay, with Rager who was drafted all over the place, we don't know if it's going to be he avoided IR. It looks like so he's not going to miss because they have that three week IR now. So maybe two weeks, maybe three is what he's going to be out. But Alshon Jeffrey is just now coming back as well. And Alshon, uh, same thing. Has he been working out? How healthy is he? Are they going to use him? They're trying to trade him. It's Deshaun and him. It's Ortega Whiteside and Deshaun Jackson. They are the weapons and Miles Sanders right now. So my gut says pick this dude up and let's see what he does week one. This could be one of those. This could be a scary Terry situation where he's usable all season long if he's really stepped up. The camp reports are good. I've heard nothing negative about him at all. So let's let's scoop this guy up and see what happens. Yeah, we all know how viable it is to own a Deshaun Jackson and how long he'll actually be on your team, you know, with an injury risk, because I don't know the last time the man's played 16 games. It's probably been a long time. Um, like you said, Alshon off the PUP list recently. What, what state is he in? Uh, Rager's not going to be there for three, four weeks possibly. So someone has to catch the ball. You have Washington week one. Fantastic matchup. You have the Rams, the Bengals. Then you face the 49ers from there. It's a little tougher with the 49ers, Steelers, and Ravens. First three weeks, though, you get to see what you know Whiteside has. And he's so minimally owned. Well, you know the talent is there. The Eagles invested an early pick in him in 20, what was it, 19, 2019 draft. Yeah. They believe in this guy. I know it wasn't brilliant last year, but he showed some glimpses. You know, playing wide receiver in the NFL is one of the hardest things to do. Uh, this is why we don't have any rookies who actually burst on the scene. We do have some before you jump down my throat and tell me, oh, you know, scary Terry, blah, blah, blah. Right. It happens. It happens. But it's so hard to, you know, come into a, an offense. Probably a Doug Peterson offense can't be easy to learn that playbook and, uh, you know, get in sync with, you know, Carson Wentz, who's in and out of the lineup himself. Um, getting back from injury, things like that. It, it's, a, it's a struggle. And again, no offseason here, but I'm on the white side wagon myself, and I think he's going to be a viable option this year as well. And this is how you win your league, is you're not afraid to scoop up people that underperformed because no one's getting them. And you you beat everybody else to the rush. Same thing drafting, right? When I go through my drafts, I'm keying upside. I literally draft only people I think will be in the top 30 and 40 next season. I don't want the old guys. I don't, you know, want the steady Eddie. I'm looking for juice. And I know that the tape is is here on this guy. And he was a highly talented prospect. Him and Sanders were both two guys that were really proud to get on their team. So, I mean, 
What's the like I said? That's the one thing about waivers that's beautiful. What's the worst that happens at this point? We right now we're chasing what could happen. We're not chasing points. That's when waivers gets real dangerous, right? Week one, two, three. Oh my God, this this guy blew up. I need to get him on my team, and then he duds for you, right? Right now, let's see what these guys that everyone might be chasing is, and and he's a fine flyer, I think, man. I really do. All right, on to your wide receiver, sir. All right, let's move on to the final wide receiver we're talking about, Brian Edwards of the. Las Vegas, had to catch myself there, Las yeah. Vegas Raiders. Um, still getting used to that. It's a little different. He's owning 70% of Yahoo and 7.4% of ESPN League. So owning a lot more Yahoo than he has ESPN. But we recently learned that Mike Williams will miss the season. So this opens up him becoming the wide receiver two along Henry Ruggs. And we all know Henry Ruggs, you know, flashy, exciting speedster. Not a reception guy. Not gonna get the ball in his hands, you know, seven, eight, nine, tens are uh, targeted seven, eight, nine, ten times a game. You know, this is the guy who gets three or four, you know, looks and scores a touchdown on two of those. So Brian Edwards could easily sneak in and become Derek Carr's favorite target. He's a big bodied guy, six foot three, two twelve, uh, great hands. Another uh, you know, this is a bad situation for the Raiders, two rookie wide receivers coming in, but someone has to catch the ball. I think the Raiders are a better team than people are giving them. I like their backfield a lot. Um, but, you know, a good offensive line. They actually have a good offensive line. Their defense got better in the draft. Sure. So uh, I, I think Brian Edwards can be a very nice PPR uh, own from week one to the rest of the season. That's brilliant points, man. And on top of that, cars, this is it for Carr. Like he has to show up. He has to show up. If he doesn't ball out this year, it's over. And if you're a DFS player, I love me some Carr and Edwards stack this against the they play the Titans cruddy team, right? Week one. I absolutely am all about that life. So if you're a, if you're a DFS player and you're listening, but yes, Edwards is someone you should roster. Um I man, are we really nailed it with these wide receivers, by the way. It's yeah, a, I'm in love with the wide receivers we have here. Yeah, I think all I would not be surprised if when we look at, you know, your website of, of choice, right, whether it's ESPN touting it, Yahoo, or us, it's uh, going to be 100% on there, you know, and uh, they're going to be highly, highly touted guys. We're going to hear these names next week, which is exciting. I think we knocked it out of the park, man. Yeah, it's very exciting. And uh, the Raiders play the Panthers week one, not the Titans, but the Panthers may have the worst defense in all the league. So, again, like you said, your DFS locks there are, are, are pretty good. Heck yeah. All right. We got the tight ends and that's it. All right. Let's finish this off with our uh, with the tight ends, like uh, Zach just said. And I'm going to start myself with Jack Doyle. I know he's he's owned and getting close. I like to keep uh, the people on this list under 40% owned. I kind of keep that my rule. But, you know, Jack Doyle, 30% of Yahoo and 39% of ESPN League. So he's just he's flirting with that uh, that margin I like to give myself. But it's just too good not to include here. You know, Philip Rivers has had a history with, you know, Antonio Gates, Hunter, Hunter Henry uh, of recent where, you know, great tight ends, productive uh, fantasy football output here. And now he gets a Jack Doyle. The Colts have recently placed Trey Burton, the other tight end, on the injury reserve list with a calf injury. So we now know that Jack Doyle is the guy. Um, no doubt about that. Competition will be limited if not none 73 73.4% career um catch percentage and that is with a really really low uh, career low last season of like 54%. So if you exclude that, he's well into the 80s, sure hands, um you know, came in 
he's he's I don't know what I'm trying to say here. He's very good. Uh, you know, he's going to play every down now that Trey Burton is not there. Uh, we know Philip Rivers likes tight ends. We know the Colts' offense is, um, you know, their wide receivers aren't the best. T.Y. Hilton injury risk going on, and besides that, you have a, a pretty good backfield, I'd say. Um, oh yeah, with, uh, with uh, who am I blanking? Marlon Mack and who's the rookie there? Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. So we know they're going to be running the ball, and uh, they don't have the best pass catching backs. But Mack catches the ball, but Jonathan Taylor has something to prove there. So we'll see if uh, you know Philip Rivers relies there on uh, Jack Doyle, especially in the red zone. I think he will. And congratulations to you for picking the most boring waiver ad ever. This <laughs> is this is as boring as it gets. This is very vanilla. It sounds like you're like a plumber, right? Like, oh my gosh, I got a leak. Call Jack Doyle. You know, <laughs> but he he is Doyle's a, plumbing. Yes, he's a baller, and uh, he you're right, man. And Man, I, I, it's, I think it's lazy analysis uh, by me to like call someone injury prone. But we talked about the two running backs for the Jags earlier, and I think Chris Thompson and really is the back to own. But he was drafted, obviously, and it's, it's sorry to say it, but it's a matter of time before he ends up injured again. Whether it's one game, two games, or whatever, it's just it seems to be his body type. It just happens. Well, Trey Burton has had flashes, but same thing. He's always injured, man. And at some point, you can't overlook it and not say something about it, right? So Jack Doyle, I kind of, you know, when I, when I saw Trey Burton was really lightening it up in camps, I was like, hmm, that's intriguing. That's interesting. But sure enough, Jack Doyle's standing, and he's always there. He's a, a guy, it seems like, anytime your tight ends on a bye week, he's on waivers to pick up to help you out. He's just, he's just, like, he's the plumber, man. He's there to help you when you need him, always. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you're not going to get, uh, you know, huge numbers out of this guy. But like you said, in a, in a bye week, you have an injury to your tight end. He's going to get you pretty solid points. Uh, last season, I forgot to mention, he averaged 10.4 yards perception on yeah. poor reception, and that was with spotty quarterback play. So now he has Phillip Rivers. Things are looking up for Doyle there. And he normally played with Eric Ebron, too. Like, one of his better years was with Eric Ebron. And he yeah, was usually the Colts had a, you know, had a partner for him, and this year there doesn't seem to be that guy. Right. So, all right. And we've got my Mr. Irrelevant here. Um, as I said before, I like the juice. I like guys that I think will be top tens and, and, and whatnot next season. And this one's weird for me because he's the number two tight end on the Vikings, but I'm not too sure he's not the second best receiving person on their team right now. And that's Herb Smith, the tight end on the Vikings. 11.7% owned on ESPN, 16% on Yahoo. So there's a few smart peeps that have went ahead and rostered this guy up. I think right now, like, I'm a big Justin Jefferson guy. I like him a lot. But I don't know how much we're going to see from Justin Jefferson up at front. I don't know how long it's going to take. I've heard mixed things. I've heard some people say, as a wide receiver, he looks awesome, and he's ahead of the game. And I've heard exactly the opposite from some people. Uh, BC Johnson really doesn't do it for me. I think he's our number two wide receiver right now. I think you're going to have a lot of two tight end sets. And I think Herb Smith is an absolute baller red zone machine. And if Minnesota is going to not be a terrible team, they're going to need to utilize this guy. So I'm getting him right now as my backup in leagues that I'm waiting. If I'm waiting on Jarwin, if I'm waiting on Chris Herndon or Jack Doyle, I like to get two tight ends on my team at that point and get two, two flyer guys. Right. So uh, he's a perfect candidate for that. I believe. Yeah, and the league, a lot of teams like to field, you know, two tight ends. Um, they have the two tight end, you know, 
uh, plays and whatnot. And this is a perfect situation for that. We know the Vikings surprisingly went and extended uh, Kyle Rudolph, who we all thought was dead in the water on his way out of Minnesota. And here comes a four-year, $36 million contract. Um, <laughs> but the Vikings did invest early draft capital in um, Irv Smith Jr. What was it, last season? So it's another situation. Tight end is not an easy thing to blow up on as a as a um, rookie. So year two here, more familiar with the offense. You know, you have uh, Kirk Cousins getting familiar with you. Like I said, end zone targets. Irv Smith is a big guy, definitely there to scoop it up. I like it a lot too. Um, I have him in several leagues myself. Like you said, like to wait on tight ends. I do that as well. And he's one of the guys I like to target late in drafts. He's one of my favorite guys. I like it's a, it's not a handcuff because they're not on the same team, obviously. And I would never handcuff a tight end. But with when I on the teams I have Herndon, I almost have Herb Smith on every one of those just because. Herndon did me so dirty last year, you know. Oh well, man, I was on the Herndon wagon myself, and my goodness. So and then the injuries already started a few weeks ago. I was just like, oh my gosh, let's get another upside guy just in case, man. You know, I've been targeting Herb on those on those squads, and I I think I feel good about it, man. And what another boring name? It sounds like the old guy who lives down the street from you yeah. who yells at kids that drive by. Oh, there's old Irv again. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Definitely doesn't sound like he's an NFL tight end, but he sure enough is. So that's it, guys. Those are our suggestions for week one. You know, this is a you know this is a different way this this uh, podcast will go because next week we'll actually have statistics. We'll have performance. We'll have tape. We'll have seen guys actually perform this year. This or this podcast here is kind of a speculation. What we're we're seeing in camps here and here and there, and basically a lot of these guys we actually know about. It's just for some reason they're minimally owned. It doesn't make sense. So. Make sure you're doing your homework. Waiver wire begins now. There's still work to be made prior to week one. You may draft and think your team's set. Injuries happen. You know, depth charts come out. Things aren't going the way you think they would. These guys are here to help you out. So before we sign off here, Zach, where can people find you on social media? Absolutely. Uh, you can get me on Twitter or Instagram. And uh, it's at TechmoZach. That's T as in Tom, E-C-M-O-Z-A-C-K, like the video game. Uh, my messages and DMs are open. If you listen to this podcast and you're like, okay, cool, I actually could pick up Sims and so-and-so, who would I cut? Feel free to reach out to me. Uh, send me a message, and I will happily assist you with that if you want to screenshot your roster and ask me what you should do and who you should drop. Because sometimes that's one of the harder things to do is who's the who's the cut list, right? Who do you need to get rid of to add one of these speculative guys? So we don't want you making a mistake and cutting somebody good. So please reach out if that is the case. And uh, I'm happy to help all season long. Yeah, and if you're anything like me, you kind of get emotionally attached to those guys you draft. You think you got your guys here, so it's always nice to have a second set of eyes and uh, you know give you the kind of nudge you may need to drop someone that you thought would hit it off in your draft. But as always, my name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. You can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. And be sure to visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com, for a ton more fantasy football and fantasy sport content so again guys every monday night here on the we know fantasy podcast network you'll catch zach and i bringing you the best and the most prominent waiver wire additions for the upcoming week so until next monday we'll see you guys later